Welcome back to the best version of the Big Football Show because Jesse Temple is on this version of the Big Football Show. Jesse, uh, how are you doing this week, man? I'm doing, once again, better than you when it comes to the picks. I appreciate the shout-out right at the outset, by the way. Yeah, I was just trying to suck up to you so you didn't make me look like a bigger idiot than than I already am, but I don't think I'm going to be able to avoid that. I'm Ari Wasserman. Uh, that's Jesse Temple with uh, The Athletic here to give you our Friday Big Ten picks. Uh, Jesse, why don't you run down everybody uh, about how we did last week? With pleasure, my friend. So last <laughs> week we wound up with five games. We picked an Ohio State-Illinois game that never actually happened because it was canceled on Friday. So with those five games, I went two and three against the spread that I picked, and you went one and four. So you're digging yourself a bigger hole here. Uh, I Man, picked- that's like two consecutive weeks of like one and four, one and five. It's uh, It's been brutal out there for me. Yeah, and the, the thing is, you, you tried to go against everything I said, and it backfired. So I wound up picking Michigan to cover against Penn State. I got that wrong. You had Penn State, so mad props to you. But I was right about Indiana covering against Maryland. You had the Terps, and I was right about the Rutgers-Purdue game where you picked Purdue to cover. So we were both wrong about Northwestern against Michigan State and Iowa against Nebraska. So that's that's where we're yeah. at. But season totals. I am now 19-13. and 13. In picks against the spread, and you are thirteen and nineteen. That is a full six-game lead. Man, I like where I stand going into the final weeks. Yeah, that's not good for me. I will tell you one thing. I'm happy I got a Michigan game right. Uh, that's completely off my uh, uh, list of things I had to do in the season. I knew it was going to take me all year, but I finally did it. And now Michigan's game is canceled. Um, Jesse, before we get into this week's picks, we're going to pick uh, five games. I'm just wondering if you have a general take on. You know what's going on in this conference right now, and, and kind of the way things are 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 headed towards um, you know potentially trying to crown a champion in this conference, and just the craziness all around that that comes with it. It's a mess. What can you say? Ohio State has played four games and needs to play the last two in order to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. And it's funny because Wisconsin athletic director Barry Alvarez this week said that the ads would talk about potentially making a scenario where Ohio State could still get in, if, even if it didn't play the six games. Let's say the, the last game against Michigan, for whatever reason, gets canceled. I think that makes – I understand the sentiment. They're the only playoff hope in the Big Ten. But to me, that is nonsense because if you're going to establish some rules before the season and then bend them to cater to the needs of one team, albeit the best team in the league, what are we doing here? If you well, that do was going to be my Wisconsin's next question. Eligible. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Alvarez's uh... – uh, comments because I thought they were interesting and you know and I'm going to play devil's advocate here just for fun but do you think that um, if Wisconsin were in the same position and they were undefeated right now that Alvarez would feel the same way yeah I have to think that he would that he'd be stumped well, clearly program. <laughs> the thing what is, about Indiana what if Indiana was 4-0 and they had the same issue and they beat Ohio State and they were in the top five of the playoff rankings right now do you think that they would do the same thing I really don't know. I, that, that, that's a really difficult question. I mean, you know, there's a lot of money at stake and prestige for the conference, and so perhaps I look at it from the West Division side, and this is not going to happen. So this is kind of like a to me, it's a silly hypothetical. But let's just say Wisconsin won out and went four and one. Northwestern lost its last game, went five and two. Well, Wisconsin would have a better winning percentage, even though the Badgers would have lost to Northwestern, but the Wildcats would have two losses. It, it's just just a mess. And I go that back. Could and, yeah, but I go back and but. As long as they, you still have this six-game rule in place, then it won't matter. I go back to the fact that the Big Ten botched this from the outset by saying we're going to play eight games in eight weekends and like thinking it wasn't going to go off without a hitch. So that's yeah, where I'm I, at. 
it was a bold strategy, Cotton, uh, to see <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, to to put eight game schedule with no bye weeks during the time in which scientists uh, projected uh, a major spike in COVID. And we've seen that Wisconsin was the first team to get hit by it. But as we're seeing now, it's just happening to everybody, and it's kind of a disaster. The thing that you know I'm interested in and really discussing, I guess, is um, whether or not this this rule makes any sense to you. Because to me, I think this rule makes no sense. Because all you're doing is potentially putting yourself in a position where a team like Ohio State, or maybe Wisconsin if they wouldn't have lost, you know, one of the flagship programs of the conference that would have had a chance to potentially play into the playoff, all you're doing is making a higher probability that that team is going to not get to play for the Big Ten championship game. And what you're also doing is promoting teams to try to push it to meet that threshold when maybe they shouldn't play at all. So I don't really know what the – I guess the whole point of it was to avoid a 2-0 and team from playing in the Big Ten championship game, and I understand that. Um, but it's actually kind of funny because the label of the Big Ten championship game is, is something that matters, right, Jesse? But if you look at it from an Ohio State resume standpoint, if the Big Ten championship game turns out to be Indiana versus Northwestern and then the two game is Ohio State versus Wisconsin, I think Ohio State's resume at the end of the year would actually be enhanced by that situation. Because you put them in that position, and I think even though Wisconsin lost to Northwestern, I think beating Wisconsin at the end of the year and getting to 6-0 and in that fashion is every bit as valuable from a resume standpoint as winning the Big Ten Championship. And let's be honest, um, if Indiana wins the Big Ten Championship or Northwestern wins the Big Ten Championship, based on this rule, nobody's going to buy that. So just like for the entire point of of legitimizing the Big Ten Championship in 2020, you might have to change the rule because everybody who has eyes knows who the best team is. Well, let me just say that I am of the opinion, and I'll, I'll put that out there now, that Wisconsin's going to wind up playing Minnesota during Champions Week, so none of this is going to matter, even though I think I would rather see Wisconsin-Ohio State, but I didn't grow up in this state. I, I, I understand how big the, the Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry is because those teams were supposed to play last week, and it was canceled, and frankly, Champions Week, if you're not playing in the Big Ten Championship game, it's just a completely arbitrary yeah. situation, picking number two versus number two or three versus three. That's what I think is going to happen. Minnesota's AD has said, um, mentioned that as a possibility. And Nebraska's AD in an interview with our Mitch Sherman, our Nebraska writer, mentioned that as a possibility, too, in terms of flexibility. So and, that, and if that, Ohio State different... hypothetically can't play Michigan in two weeks or a week from Saturday, then why wouldn't they just play that game instead if they're not going to play for a championship? That's I think that exactly makes perfect sense. I yep, I've, so, I, I feel the same way. One more thing I want to mention before sure. we dive into the picks, though, about these uh, the rules and the tiebreakers. This is going to sound super confusing, but the Big Ten said that if the average number of games played in the conference dropped, then teams had to play no fewer than two games less than the average right. in order to qualify for the conference championship game. That sounds really confusing, but it doesn't matter because where we're at right now, even though we've had two games canceled for this week already, is that 10 of the Big Ten's final 12 re remaining regular season games would need to be canceled to lower the average number of games played from six to five, thus qualifying a Wisconsin or even an Ohio State in the event of a Michigan cancellation. It is super confusing and utterly ridiculous. But also, on top of that, of the 10 cancellations that have to happen for the threshold to be removed, Wisconsin or Ohio State can't be one of the cancellations on top of it. So you have to thread the needle on top of that. That's why it's impossible, because Wisconsin has to play <laughs> two games, and Northwestern would need to play in order to lose again. So it's impossible. Yeah. That's where yeah, we're at. Yeah, there's a Let's lot of craziness going on. Let's Wouldn't it be picks, crazy sorry. if they just like used the Big Ten athletic directors as a committee to decide who plays for the championship? Because, you know, it's funny. Or like let Las Vegas decide, since this is a gambling uh, picks podcast, which 
uh, teams would be favored by the most against all the other teams and just kind of come up with an algorithm that way. I think that's a more effective way than trying to figure out who's the best um, on the other side. And honestly, even though Wisconsin lost to Northwestern, I don't think Wisconsin is not as good as Northwestern. And there's not enough games to prove it and let, let the law of averages play out. But Northwest, I don't know that Northwestern's a better football team than Wisconsin. And people are probably banging their fists against the countertops because they lost on the field. But considering what was going on within the Wisconsin program after all that, you know, I, I think it's understandable that they might have come out flat-footed. So, um, all right, let's get to the picks, Jesse, so you can smoke me again and continue to humiliate me, even though gambling's supposed to be my thing. I will say... And I don't know if this is COVID. I don't know if it's just a weird year or because the flagship programs of the of the conference aren't having good years with Michigan State and Penn State having a combined like one win. This has been the hardest year to figure out the Big Ten in like recent memory. Do you have even though you're smoking the schedule and you're 19 and 13 and you're just throwing hundreds out your window, have you felt like this has been really hard? Yes, because there's been a lot of cancellations and you don't know how many players are going to actually be available. It's the same thing with Ohio State this week, right? I mean, we know Ryan Day, the head coach, isn't going to be there. Um, We don't know exactly which players will or won't. Same thing happened in Wisconsin. We've had multiple teams have to cancel in consecutive weeks because, as we know, with the 21-day return-to-play protocol, it knocks you out for more than one game. So that makes it more challenging. I I will say this is a situation that everybody has to deal with, and in some sense, for better or worse, I suppose it's – luck of the draw, who gets it, how it spreads. But that makes it much more challenging to figure out which team is better and which guys will even be available. Yeah, and it's like sometimes too, Jesse, and the thing that I've like noticed in a few of the games that I've missed, I've been by a point or the hook, and these lines move so dramatically by the end of the week that sometimes if we would have done the show on Monday, I think my record would have been much better because the lines are moving and they move too much at the end of the week. And then all of a sudden those line movements are the difference in what happens. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I'm not trying to make excuses, but by the time we get to Friday to give the numbers that they have, it's a little bit different. So let's just start though uh, at Nebraska at Purdue, Um, Purdue minus two. Go ahead. I'm going to make you pick at least two or three of these games first, because you like to, you like to tail my picks and go the opposite. But I'll, I'll go first here. Uh, neither team's been particularly good. Uh, I, I really thought Purdue would be better, especially the way things started out. But the Boilermakers have lost three straight games, all by a touchdown or less. And I guess I'm wondering how good Nebraska is. They're, they're not that good, but they only lost by six to Iowa. And so Iowa didn't cover. I like Purdue to cover this one. You know, Xander Horvath is sixth in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game. David Bell's third in receiving yards. Rondell Moore led the team in receiving yards against Rutgers last week. And even backup, uh, Jake Plummer has performed well the last couple games. So I think the offense keeps it going against Nebraska. Yeah, okay, this is going to be the last time I think you go first. Uh, or maybe because, like, you're going to think I'm cheating again. But I don't know um, exactly what to think of Nebraska. I don't know if that was just like rivalry juices coming out against Iowa, but I don't think Nebraska is a very good football team. I know Purdue has had its struggles and two weeks ago it lost a game that it won because of a weird officiating call, which has been kind of an interesting dynamic for that team. And, you know, getting Rondale Moore back that night, it was kind of a tough dynamic again for the, I don't know. I think Purdue is a better football team across the board right now than Nebraska is. Uh, the fact that it's on the road is another reason why I think that I like Purdue and just the offense in general, I think is going to be able to score. And Nebraska is 
again, one of the teams that I can't quite figure out in terms of, you know, what they're going to do. Because when I saw them play against Ohio State, I thought they looked like a pretty competent team despite the fact they lost by a ton. So, and it's kind of a hard game to handicap. And every now and then, Nebraska comes out and plays a really good game. But I think they got it out of their system last week, even though they lost. And I don't know that they can do it again in consecutive weeks. So the next game is Ohio State minus 23.5 at Michigan State. And this is an interesting um, game because it reminds me a lot of the Wisconsin-Michigan game that we picked a few weeks ago in that we don't know who's playing in it. (laughs) Um, So Ohio State right now, I guess there's some concern that they might not play this game. They absolutely have to play it. So, you know, from my perspective, I think at Ohio State right now, uh, they've got their guys out there practicing and they've quarantined the the players that – you know, got infected and the staff members who have gotten infected. Ryan Day is not going to be making the trip to East Lansing because he popped positive for COVID um, at the end of last week. So uh, Larry Johnson is going to be at the the head of the, the table here. And I think I'm going to take Michigan State in this game. Um, and this is the first time I faded Ohio State this year, but I don't know who's playing for Ohio State. I think we have a pretty good idea that Justin Fields is, and that's probably the most important piece of this dynamic. And we were picking that uh, Wisconsin-Michigan game a few weeks ago. We weren't sure if Mertz was going to play or any of their other backups were. Uh, so I picked Michigan and got steamrolled there. Um, again, I'm probably just going to give the points to Michigan State because um, Ohio State just has to get out there and win by one. Um, I don't know that this is even an evaluation game. I think the most important thing for Ohio State to do this week is to field a team that's competent enough uh, from a uh, personnel standpoint to just win at Michigan State and, and add a win to their schedule for the math reasons that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. But I don't know that I have confidence that Ohio State's going to look particularly great, especially if they have some key uh, players missing. Uh, but at the end of the day, too, the game could be 59 nothing, and that wouldn't surprise me. But in the uh, era of uncertainty, I always take the points. It's funny you mentioned the Michigan-Wisconsin game because I did not pick the Badgers to cover in that one knowing that they would not have a lot of players available. It turned out there were eight guys in the two deep who could not play, and it didn't matter. Wisconsin won 49-11. to I'm taking the points with Ohio State on this one. I said last week with Ohio State scheduled to play Illinois that I thought the Buckeyes would make a big statement and cover a massive point spread to show why it belonged in the college football playoff and why a one-loss Clemson team shouldn't be ranked ahead of Ohio State. Obviously, that game was canceled. If Justin Fields is playing, I like Ohio State's chances. Michigan State has been a really tough team to peg down. It scored seven total points and a pair of losses to Iowa and Indiana. And then after a canceled game against Maryland, it goes out and beats undefeated Northwestern. But despite all the uncertainty, I think Ohio State goes out and wins big because it has to. You mentioned one point uh, is all it needs to do. But frankly, in the tenuous situation that the Buckeyes are in, I think a big one would go a long way. And they're the best program in the Big Ten. So they got better players. That's why I'm going with Ohio State to cover. Well, let me just clarify that I understand that the eye test is important, and that's probably going to be Ohio State's biggest scenario right now. But in the event that Ohio State's without 12 starters, uh, I don't know that you can analyze the game the right way. So it's possible that if Ohio State's only missing four or five starters, that they could still go out and win by 100. Now, I personally wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole if I you know, was putting my real money on it. Um, but... The fact of the matter is, is it's very hard to handicap and pick a game when you don't even know who's going to be playing in it. And, you know, in that scenario, I, I took the points the last time with Michigan and, and Wisconsin won by 5,000. That game was over the second those teams stepped on the field. That could absolutely happen again. But again, I'm not necessarily sure who's playing, so it's really difficult for me to lay 24 points or 23 and a half. Uh, the next game, Jesse, is Penn State minus 11 at Rutgers. And I know that we're all feeling the Penn State love, the big juju's back after they beat Michigan last week, I'm not buying it. I I don't know that they have a lot of juice left in the tank. I think Rutgers um, at home is 
Um, you know, this is maybe a an underdog week for me, but Rutgers is a much improved team under Greg Schiano. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of showing competence every single week, um, just in the sense of them used to being like the the brunt and the butt of every joke in the Big Ten, and they've got two wins uh, already. And you know, they haven't been blown off the field. They lost by six to to Michigan. They lost by three to Illinois, and you know, even showed some fight against Ohio State. So I don't know that Penn State is all of a sudden a rejuvenated program that's out to win and win big and to prove that they have have everything under control. I think that they beat Michigan, which is the most incompetent team in in the Big Ten right now, and Rutgers getting double digits at home uh, in a weird weird game. Uh, I think I'll take the points in this one because I don't know that I have faith that Penn State's going to show up again. Yep, I'm right there with you on this one. I know Penn State finally got off the schneid last week with that win against uh, Michigan, and the Nittany Lions ran for 254 yards and three touchdowns. But Rutgers has generally been pretty competitive this season under Greg Schiano. It beat Michigan State in the opener, went to triple overtime with Michigan, and then beat Purdue 37-30 last week. I think Rutgers is ahead of where people thought the Scarlet Knights would be, so I'm going with Rutgers. I, I'm surprised that Penn State is a double-digit favorite on the road this week, to be honest. Should they be double-digit favorites on the road against anybody in college football? Maybe Bowling Green? Um, Whatever team is winless and allowing 50 points a game. I, 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 I Not in a Big Ten game. At least not right now. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, and I picked first. Can you believe it? Um, okay. Wisconsin at home against Indiana. Indiana's quarterback... Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is out with a, a knee injury for the rest of the year. Um, that was a huge blow for Indiana during their dream season. Um, Wisconsin, I, I'm not cheating here, man. I just like it's your team that you cover, so I just think that you should like hit us with the stats, hit us with the beatbox, let everybody know what's going on in Madison. Yeah, I really like Wisconsin in this matchup, particularly because, as you said, Michael Penix Jr. is now out for the season with a torn ACL. He was second in the Big Ten in passing yards per game and first in the league with 14 passing touchdowns, and he was – a really dynamic quarterback backup Jack Tuttle's definitely capable. And he's a guy that Wisconsin actually once recruited and Indiana's got a quality receiver. Like Ty Freifogel is second in the league in receiving yards per game. And you would think because Wisconsin actually lost its top cornerback, Rashad Wild Goose opted out by declaring for the NFL draft. He got hurt against Northwestern. I still think Wisconsin wins this one going away. The Badgers have the number one uh, run defense in the big 10 Number one pass defense, number one in total defense. And then on the other side of the ball, offensively, I think Graham Mertz plays much better than he did the last time he was on the field in that loss to Northwestern. He didn't have barely any playmakers on the field because receivers Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis were out. We know at least Pryor will be back for the Indiana game. Paul Chris said on Thursday that Danny Davis hadn't done all that much, so I don't know how confident I am that he'll be back. And Indiana's defense is, is far better than it has been in a long time. It leads the Big Ten in interceptions and sacks. I think this has been a frustrating season for Wisconsin because it's had to cancel three games, but I still think that the Badgers roll and they cover against Indiana. Can I ask you a question as a part of a cheat before I make my pick? Go right ahead. How much do you think, and maybe it, not at all because they beat Michigan 49-11 to the week after their two cancellations, but if if you think, what do you think happened at the game at Northwestern uh, looking back at it? Do you think Northwestern beat Wisconsin 17-7 to because they're a better all-around team and just manhandled them? Or do you think that Wisconsin was dealing with the after effects of the COVID outbreak and, and wasn't at their best in that game? Well, I think it was a combination of factors, but I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for Wisconsin because every team's been dealing with this. I mentioned that Pryor and Davis were not available in that game. Uh, those guys are clearly the top two wide receivers on the roster. When Wisconsin went out with its two deep against Northwestern, those four players had combined in their career for 14 catches. So Mertz didn't have a lot to work with. 
But I give full credit to Northwestern's defense. They showed why they were one of the best in the Big Ten. Obviously, didn't didn't work out <laughs> the last time the Wildcats played. But they always muck it up against Wisconsin. There's a reason the Badgers have only won once in, in Evanston since like 2003. It's a difficult game. It seems to be a pretty good matchup for Northwestern. And Graham Mertz, for the first time, finally played like a freshman. He turned the ball over four times, and Wisconsin committed five turnovers in total. That is not a recipe for success against Northwestern. So it's only Wisconsin's fault that that they're not in position to win the West right now. I'm laying the points. Uh, I, I think that uh, Indiana's been a fun story. And, again, you know, they, they are in a situation where that they played with Ohio State about as well as you can after they were down 35-7. They fought back and showed some heart. I love the coach. I love Tom Allen. I love everything about uh, what Indiana has accomplished through six games this year. But I think when you lose the heart and soul of your team and then you have to go on the road and play the in what I think is the second-best team in the conference at full speed, uh, it's really a hard proposition. I think Indiana is a much-improved team, uh, but I don't know that they're much improved enough to withstand this injury. And I think this is a interesting dynamic uh, in terms of the Big Ten in the playoff race because now Indiana, um, who would have been in danger of losing this game regardless of whether Penix Jr. was injured or not, um, now – will no longer be the best version of itself for the rest of the year, no matter what. And Ohio State will, moving forward, get credit for beating Indiana at its best. And they won't be penalized if Indiana loses, which I think is going to start now. So I don't know what, what the situation is in terms of how uh, alive Wisconsin feels in terms of you know having something to fight for or play for. I think right now, as the rules currently stand, Wisconsin has a nice little date uh, – set up with Ohio State uh, in the championship weekend if the rules aren't changed. And I think that they get rolling again. I like Wisconsin too much, but um, uh, I like Wisconsin too much to not lay the points in this scenario, especially after the backbone of Indiana's team is out. Okay, last one, Jesse. You ready? Are you Are you telling me? Iowa. Are you, are you telling me that you think Ohio State won't play six games? Where did you get that from? Well, you were saying you think it's setting up that Wisconsin will play. I think that right now, even if Ohio State plays... I don't think they're going to play six games. That's what I'm telling you. Sorry, I got confused for a second, Jesse. Um, right now with what's going on at Michigan, I, I don't know that I'd be hopeful. And the other thing, too, is that the Michigan State game is not for sure happening. And as you know, <laughs> having gone through the season, Michigan State could pop positive on Thursday you know, or Friday and the game could get canceled. You, know, you never know. So I, I think that Ohio State is in a pretty good position to potentially play six games. But if I had to guess, they're only going to play five regular season games, which is a tough spot. But if they do play seven games, including the championship game, then all of this uh, screaming and yelling that I've done on all these podcasts will be for nothing, which is usually the case with college football debates. Okay, last one. Ready? Have at it, Haas. Iowa minus 13 and a half at Illinois. Well, I mentioned before Iowa let me down last week by not covering against Nebraska as a 13 and a half point favorite in that 26-20 win. Hawkeyes are 13 and a half point favorites again this week against Illinois. I think I like Iowa to cover in this one. They played pretty solid football the last four games. One four straight. Three of those wins have been 20 points or more. I know the passing offense hasn't been great, but Tyler Goodson's rushed for at least 100 yards in three of the last four games. And I think Iowa's defense gets the job done against Illinois. I, I Illinois ran for 285 yards and four touchdowns against Nebraska. I don't think that happens against Iowa, which is allowing just 109 yards rushing a game. So I am picking the Hawkeyes. I know that this is on the road. But I think it's hilarious that I uh, Illinois, I don't know, I guess Illinois is a little bit more improved than I give them credit for, but it's the same exact spread as they had against Northwestern, I mean at Nebraska at home, 
And I don't think that this game should be close at all. I, I thought the number of this game, if you were to blindfold me before the show started, I would have said it was closer to 17 points and not 13 points. And, you know, Illinois is two and three, and I guess they're a, a more improved team than you know, we're giving them credit for. And they knocked the doors off of Nebraska, which is something that Iowa couldn't do. But when you match up these two teams, throw the transitive property out the window, and I think it, uh, Iowa covers this game pretty pretty easily. I think something like 34-10 to 10 or 34-17 is going to be the final score. So to recap this week, it looks like we only differ on one pick, if I am not mistaken, and that's Ohio State at Michigan State. Uh, Which means that on. Ohio State is absolutely going to cover. <laughs> well, we'll see. You're, you, you might have to just uh, throw caution to the wind in the next two weeks and pick the exact opposite of whatever I pick, but that might be hard to do if you go first. Well, here's the thing. Um, we have... One more week of regular season after this week, and then we have championship weekend. I don't know how that's going to look, but we're going to have it. Um, starting next week, you have to go first every time, no matter what. That's a that right there is a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us every Friday, uh, giving a. a your picks. Hopefully, you tailed Jesse more than me. I'm sorry to have let you down. I think that this week we agree because these are all winners. So go make that money, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>